Hi again, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. Good to have you aboard. Thanks for joining us today. A brand new episode, episode 141. We're talking today, Requirements of a Successful Hitting Coach Part 2. In episode 139, we did Part 1. So go back in the archives if you haven't done so already. And for further context purposes, listen to that show. If you're trying for today's episode, episode 141. Thank you again for joining us. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts on any platform. And on YouTube, the Lab Epstein. Podcast YouTube page. All right, let me bring in professional evaluator, successful business owner, my former coach, current day renowned coach, friend, co-host, Jake Epstein. Good morning, Jim. Happy to be here on a wonderful, sunny Colorado day. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's I'm always it's tell morning. You in Tampa. It's morning for you, but it's kind of almost afternoon for me. <laughs> yes, we always forget. You and I always forget the time change sometimes we'll, we'll for people who don't know we'll text back and forth just to confirm times of when we're going to record this show and no we don't do it live for those who are techno- technologically inept and don't really know that and um i'll get jake will say well let's go 9 a.m and i'll think it's 9 a.m my time and i forget that it's mountain time for him <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. we usually figure it out um today talking about requirements of a successful hitting coach part Two, we're going to talk more in depth today about the technology, the equipment, the coaching style, being able to evolve with your players and and getting more in depth, more into the weeds about the requirements of a successful hitting coach. All three of those things, technology, equipment, coaching style, they are all very, very important when it comes to being a successful hitting coach in the year 2023 and beyond. It is. And, and again, deciphering which kind of technology we're using is crucial. You know, mm-hmm. how we use that technology and, and, and with what players do we use that technology all plays a part in and being a, a, a good hitting coach and kind of having that information in, in your arsenal. Yeah. So we'll get to all of that today. We do have a listener question and we're going to get to that listener question right now and then get right into the topic because there's a lot of information to get to today and a lot of teaching points as well. But this question comes to us from Armando sent to us via Jimbo podcast 21 at gmail.com and Armando writes, Hey Jim, I have a couple of questions for Jake. One, do you think rhythm with the feet at the plate before a stride is good and why? In Jake's clinics, we've talked about rhythm with hands and bat, but I can't remember about the feet. Number two, this is a two-part question here. Number two, as an instructor, what do you think, and Jake, uh, you, instructor, <laughs> not not Jim, <laughs> what do you think about us going to students' games? I go sometimes to show that I care, but sometimes I feel like I give them more stress, which leads to lesser results. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate all you do. And that is from Armando. He says, from the land of beer and cheese, I'm assuming Milwaukee or Green Bay, probably Milwaukee. Armando, thank you. My condolences on Aaron Rodgers, although Jordan Love, I think, is a very good quarterback. Good arm strength there on Jordan Love. Um, Armando, great question. Thank you very much. Sent to us via JimboPodcast21 at gmail.com. Could I just add something to this, by the way? Sure, Jim. Yeah, it's not like it's his own personal property and thoughts that he just wrote you. Go ahead and change it. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So the second part of the question about showing up um, to games, leading to stress and and whatnot. Second part of that question. It's easy for instructors now to see players play a lot more easier than it was, say, when I was like playing. Yeah. Which wasn't all that too long ago, because you can watch on these apps and all of these new type websites. So, yeah, I I mean, if you're not in person watching. 
then you could still be watching digitally. Anyway, go ahead. So let's start. Let's start with going to players' games. Okay. Uh, it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I did it last week with some of the high school players I worked all, all, all winter, all, all fall, winter, spring during the season. Here now they're in the playoffs, so you know I want to see them play. But putting that external pressure also is not cool either. You know they're trying to do well for you. Yeah. And, and there's no need for that as a coach. I don't care if you, you don't try to please me. I want you to please yourself. You know, go out there and perform for yourself so you feel good about yourself if you enjoy this game. But it's a lot of times I'll kind of hide. You know, I'll, I'll be there. I'll roll up late and I'll try to hide. I try not to be there for pregame unless I'm looking at other things. If I want to see how they move. Sometimes if it's a player that I'm just starting to work with, I want to see what kind of athlete they are. I want to see how they throw the ball from the outfield. I want to see how they run. Uh, or if they're infielders, I just want to see how they move because a lot of times how they move in the field dictates how they move in the batter's box. Maybe we shouldn't have this kind of leg kick. If a kid really likes a leg kick, but I watch him run around the outfield and I'm like, he doesn't have good feet, he doesn't have good balance, he doesn't, you know, he's not smooth like that. We we probably shouldn't have that. So a lot of times I, I, I want to see what kind of athlete that are, but if it's a player that I've known for a, a fairly long time, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll just kind of roll up late. I'll, I'll watch their first couple of bats. Hopefully it's a double header that those are the best because then I can talk to them between games. I I'll show my face essentially after the first game when they're walking around and then we can chat about it. And, and then I'll ask them, Hey, do you, you know, do you care that I'm here? Do you want me to check out your at bats? And, most of the time, they're like, yeah, absolutely. Um, if it's a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, I probably am not going to make myself known. Maybe I'll use a lot of Game Changer video that their parents can send me. Um, that's what you were kind of alluding to with the new technology. Right. Game Changer pretty much streams uh, all the all the games for, for most teams. And, and a lot of people you know, pay that monthly fee to, to have video clips. So I can see how they move, at least, in games. I can see pitch selection in games. I can see, are they swinging early in the count? Are they aggressive? Are they not aggressive? Then they get to two strikes and they're just trying to fight stuff off. So there's a lot that goes into it, Bats, that I can see. I can't really see mechanics, but at least I can see their approach. And and, and maybe if they're striding the wrong way. I had a player recently in, and, and I try to stress them out. Once, once our mechanics are pretty good, you know, once we get everything buttoned up mechanically, then it's about changing speeds and increasing stress and, putting a competition in there off a machine that's a little bit harder than normal or a little bit slower than normal, or I'll make it have a higher spin rate or a lower spin rate, just so it's not comfortable. I want to make them uncomfortable. And if I don't see them freak out, I'm feeling pretty good. And then all of a sudden I get a video and they're bailing out on every pitch, right? They're, they're pulling out with their stride, they're striding late. And then I'm like, oh, that's not even the same kid. So then we have to have like a mental change. We have to, you know, talk about relaxation and what are we focusing on when we're in the box? Maybe we have to overdo diving into the plate for a little while to make sure they aren't stepping out. So going to games is really great. Plus it shows the kid that you care. Right. This guy really he's vested in me. I, I spent a lot of time with these kids and we create nice relationships, which is another pillar of being a successful hitting coach. Oh, very um, good, but, man. You are just a, a <laughs> you are a look, here we are. You know, we started and somebody asked me this the other day. When did you start the, the first podcast, meaning the lab? And I said April of 2020. Right. Yeah. And we've Hope come it. along. We've come a long way, and look at you now. You're easily segueing like it's nothing. Go ahead. I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just 
<laughs> it, it shows you care and it shows the parents that you care too. You're not just a lot of the high school guys. I don't even know their parents. So I show up at a game and the kids know who I am, but the parents, the parents know who I am for my voice. Like I had a guy come up the other day. He's like, Oh, you must be Jake because I recognize I was talking to somebody else. And they're like, I recognize your voice from all the, the video analysis you do at my son's lessons. So, you know, that, that part of it's pretty cool. So definitely Mondo, you got to tread lightly on that and, and make sure that you, you know, you're not freaking them out. Like I said, if they're 12 or 14, you you got to hide. You know, try to hide somewhere down the right field line. Try to hide in center field, something like that. The high school guys are usually going to be a little bit better with it. Now, the first part of the question was uh, rhythm in the feet, right? Should we build in Correct. Yeah. rhythm with the lower half? And, and I guess the best story I can say is I started to do that about – maybe eight. I'm trying to think, cause I remember the group. I still work with these kids. They're, they're in high school now and they're high school juniors and they're probably 17. So it was probably seven, six or seven years ago. We started this Nolan Arenado drill or a step back drill or a jump back drill, however you want to do it. But Arenado, if you watched his feet, you can probably go back to my Twitter account and find the, the video I posted of Arenado. I remember just videoing the TV screen because they showed a close-up of his feet, you know, during the broadcast. But regardless, we started to implement that, and it's a great way to get players to load their back hip properly. I would say loading the back hip is the most overworked um, part of the swing in the last four or five months of anything else, right? Everybody's like, oh, I got to load my back hip. I'm like, dude, you, you've loaded your back hip for the last five years we've been training. It's just all over Twitter now. Make sure you load your back hip. And Mark DeRose is talking about it. Oh, look at him coil the back hip. I'm like, kind of looks like he's just striding. Another Jim Florentine mentioned on the show. <laughs> I like it's just he picked up his front foot and his back hip didn't sway, right? So if that's the case, then his back hip is coiled properly. Anyway, um, regardless, whatever, at least we're talking about something regarding hitting. So um, that's a great way to teach it is that step back drill, because if you step back and your knee is is not supported and your knee wobbles or your foot wobbles, then you swayed and you didn't load your hip properly. So we built that. Now, the bad part of that is after this was a camp, we did like a week long summer camp or four days, you know, Monday through Thursday, something like that. And like the third day of the camp, everybody's moving way too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm throwing them BP and now they're stepping too much. They're, they're rocking back and forth. And then I go to, you know, shoot the ball out of the machine and they're all messed up, right? They're, they're getting caught between their right foot and their left foot yeah. and it's causing problems. So just be cautious of it. So I essentially use it as a drill to make sure the back hip is proper, um, loaded properly. And we're not swaying back into our load, but I don't spend, I, I don't want, everyone to do it i want them to be comfortable in the box i want them to be relaxed in the box maybe they're moving between their feet maybe their their weight kind of they're not picking up each foot but they're just kind of got a little bit of a rock back and forth i love that right we're kind of dancing in there a slow dance you know we got our feet so that boom i can get my weight into my back foot so that i can pick up my front foot so yes i would like players to have a little bit of rhythm with their with their feet but not too much where they're thinking about it or they're going to be caught in between when the pitch comes. If a guy slide steps, you don't want to be caught in between. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Armando. Great question. And yeah, Arenado um, does that with the feet and it was a phenomenon a couple of years ago and people didn't really understand it. So I'm glad you cleared that up. By the way, you look great today. I got to tell you, you look great today. You wow. sound great today. You're That's all 
ready to go. I'm glad that microphone is doing its job now. Yeah. Like as as it, it it's always done its job, hasn't it? It has always done its job. You're right. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I have it in the right location where it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 glad you're joining us today. A new episode, and of course, the audience listening, watching. Thank you. Episode one forty one, talking about requirements of a successful hitting coach. By the way, um, subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, email us or comments, whatever. Jimbo Podcast twenty one at gmail You can leave uh, a review on Apple, Google, Spotify. Leave a review for the podcast. And you can comment and ask your questions on YouTube as well. Just comment on one of the videos, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Jim Tara and at Epstein Hitting. All right, I just did Jimbo's commercials for <laughs> for the Lab <laughs> Epstein Hitting Podcast, episode 141. So let's get into today's topic, talking about requirements of a successful hitting coach, part two. And I think the three main things, technology, equipment, coaching style, we're getting into the weeds of what it takes to be a successful hitting coach. We talked about the overarching themes a couple of weeks ago in episode 139. Talking today, though, about the three main, I don't want to use the word pillars because I use that word a lot and I need to I need to switch that word out. But I guess bedrocks, bedrocks, requirements of a successful hitting coach part two, technology, equipment, coaching style. To me, the hardest thing for a coach that I've learned being around coaches, friends with coaches, some of the most successful coaches, the one I'm talking to right now, of course, throughout my my time, whatever you want to call it, is that there's so many things thrown at coaches, technology, new equipment, all of these new things. I mean, sometimes technology and equipment, they mold into one, right? Blast motion, diamond kinetics, all of these things that coaches are almost required to learn to be able to evolve into what kind of coaches they want to be. And then, of course, the coaching style, new types of players, new types of of different attitudes and new types of personalities that they always have to learn and always have to sort of have their finger on the pulse of when it comes to that coaching style and, and, and being able to adjust to their players. So I think that for me, those three things, oftentimes they can get kind of convoluted a little bit and it it becomes tough for a coach to continue to evolve, but they're all requirements if you want to be a successful hitting coach. Yeah, and it really depends on what kind of coach are you going to be. You know, are you help trying to help your your son or daughter's team, you know, 10-year-old team learn how to play the game? Yeah, you know, fundamentals. Or do you want to be a high school coach? And, you know, high school coaches, they're, they're not making really money coaching the high school team. You know, they do it because they love to coach baseball. And they might make a little money doing it, but not for the time that they're putting in. You know, they're teachers. Um, they have other jobs, right? They're not full-time high school coaches, at least in 98% of the country. Um, there are a few out there. And then you have college and professional coaches or private hitting instructors that are getting paid to do this. So you have many different levels of, of, of people that are trying to help players. So the key with technology is it has to match the player you're working with. So what's cool about what I do is I work with um, not very many, but I'll work with an eight-year-old maybe, you know, once a year or through the online academy. Like a lot of the online players are players that are really young, just getting started. And I can give them one or two things that are going to make the learning process easier for when they're older. Um, but I'll have a 10, uh, and, you know, whatever, eight, nine, 10-year-old in the online academy, or I'll see in, for an individual lesson here. And then all of a sudden, I have uh, professional players that I need to work with, right? That's a pretty big gap of, of people and talent and, and, and personalities. So 
I I can use a pretty much any technology out there, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. I do for a living. Okay, that's that's what I do for a living. I dedicate a lot of time to it. I dedicate hours every single day on trying to find a better way to do something with the swing or to train a player. Okay, so I've used KVS, I've used Blast, I've used Hit Tracks, I've used Rep Soto, I've used you know any kind of scouting, you know, player development stuff that that has metrics, but it doesn't work for every player. You have to figure out what player you're working with and what's the most important thing. So per se, we will have a 10 year old player as our example, 10 year old player walks in and they don't, don't really have a stride. They just kind of like do a no stride or an early stride. And then they spin their body really fast and they drop their hands or back elbow too soon. Okay. So we got kind of like your prototypical player. Like I'm not going to put a K vest on a 10 year old or a 12 year old because they're not mature yet. Okay. We have to have a muscle structure. We have to be pretty much fully matured for KVS to make sense. Um, I have a lot of players that I've taught recently that are taught to, you know, kind of use their body a little bit too much, right? They, they, they got tight arms, they got tight shoulders. And, and so they're 190 pounds, but they don't create the exit velocity that they should for that size. Are they bad athletes, right? That's number one for me. Maybe they just don't have any athleticism. That's totally feasible, right? You can blame your parents for that. As my dad said, Jake, you'd be a big leaguer if you had my genes instead of your mother's, okay? So I hear it every day. Like, it's very – and it's true. My dad was a freak, right? He was big. He was fast. Man, that's I mean, harsh, was, though, man. That is – Oh, that's, that's harsh. harsh. I, uh, he's 70-something years old. I still get it, right? So, anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you have to figure out who the player is. But I have players that are pretty good athletes. They're not maxing. So I'll put the K vest on them, and it's like, boom. Okay, you're not tr- your energy is transferring from your hips to your shoulders really well, but your speed gain from your shoulders to your hands is really bad, right? Boom. Now I create a plan for that player. If I try to do the same thing with a 10-year-old, it, it doesn't work because that technology really is, is built for a, a mature-sized person. But maybe the blast is really good, right? So now we go to a blast sensor with a 10 or 12-year-old, and it tells us, you know exactly kind of what our you know what is our swing plane doing what's our attack angle what is our barrel doing okay so now it's like oh right this player has has a big barrel drop but then within blast you're like you have all these scores i don't care about scores i gotta try to improve scores i want to know exactly what the barrel's doing is it swinging up or down too much i want to know is it dropping too much or not enough i want to know what the time of contact is just to see you know if we're making progress on on, on being efficient so then we have another layer on top of that is where was the pitch? Okay, you can't just put a blast on a player, have him hit the ball in BP and say, oh, his vertical bat angle was good. Well, maybe it was good because they were like super early, okay? And because they're super early, it fixed their barrel drop, right? They started to roll their wrist or vice versa. Maybe they were, you know, really late. So their time to contact was good. Oh, well, my time to contact is the greatest. Well, yeah, you fouled it off, right? But that's not the right contact point. So you have to know how to use all that technology the right way. Okay. And that's why, you know, Mondo, you know, kind of wrote in, he's been to multiple certifications that I have, right. He's been to them, you know, Denver, Texas. I know maybe he was one in California too. (coughs) Excuse me. So we've gone over all of those things. We've answered all those questions. He's probably asked questions like that. Well, should I use this for this player? Um, so there's just a lot of variables with the technology. And yes, you want to be versed in everything. The more information you know, the better you're going to be. But you, most importantly, you have to know 
what technology to use, and how to apply it to your target player, young, old, professional, your own kid, right? You got to be a little careful if it's your own kid. You don't want to burn them out or have them hate you. Um, so you know, a lot of times when I'm working with my own kid, I don't put the hit tracks on. I just say, you know, hey, let's let's just hit. <laughs> we won't use video. Let's hit. And uh, sometimes that works better too. So know your audience. Know your audience. That's very good. Yeah. I like that. Stretches across, uh, I think, a lot of avenues like professionally Yeah. in, in many different different industries. You mentioned something in there, though, technology and learning this new technology, always learning. It's one thing with, we, yeah. we talked about that in episode 139, part one of requirements of a successful hitting coach, always learning. And again, all of this new technology, and I sometimes experience it too. You get all of this new technology. Like I, I recently just got a new phone, right? Finally. And I'm still figuring out all the features of the camera and how I could maybe use the camera for different different types of scenarios. Anyway, anyway, there's always this new technology, computers and and iPads. I mean, you walk into the Best Buy store. I walked into, uh, I forget which technology store it was recently with my sister. She had to pick up some new, I don't know, some new thing. And I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is the 20th century. It's not what, it's not what the Jetsons predicted, right? It's not that stupid cartoon. This is the 20th century with all this new technology, with these, all these new different types of stylus pens to write on your iPad and all that crap, right? And I'm thinking how, just as it pertains to today's episode, today's topic, how do, coaches, how do you guys decipher through all of this new technology that's being thrown at you with all of these intricate details and understand, okay, this will help my player, this piece of technology, probably not. Yeah, it's experience. So yeah. it's, it's either experience, you've been doing it for a long time, or it's, speeding up experience by talking to someone with experience okay so that's where training comes in regardless of what it is like for instance i don't know anything about um social media advertising right i don't know or 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 internet marketing i don't know things so i have to talk to an expert or i have to go find an expert and take their class um, on how to do this i have a buddy my next door neighbor he's a good dude he sells insurance um a lot of people come to him and want to get into the insurance business. And so he's created an, a platform that allows him to communicate and share his experience with new people coming into that market. So that's essentially exactly what I do with certification. Like I don't care if you coach your, your nine-year-old's team or if you're a college coach. Like You're in the same room, and we're going to talk about the best ways to, to work with those kind of players. And we're going to answer all your questions and get you to you know, figure out, okay, this player, this is their problem. So we look at so much video. So it's, it's, it's really fun because here's the problem of a 10 year old. Here's what you need to do. Here's the most basic way to fix this problem. And then like five minutes later, I'll get, we'll look at this swing of a college player. Okay. Totally different size, right? You know, they, they usually have different issues for older players. It's, it's typically timing and rhythm. Sometimes it's a swing plane. It's usually not mechanical. If they have a mechanical issue at age 20, they're, pro they're probably not going to play anymore. If they have a mechanical issue at age 16, they're probably not going to play anymore. Okay. So it's pretty fun to see 
how that works. It's like, okay, this player needs to work on one move to fix bad drag or to fix their, their lead shoulder from flying out. And this college player needs to work on timing. So we've covered all these drills. That's the fun part. Like the, we do the drills first for the coaches training. These are all the, all the, you know, everything in your arsenal, like how to work on timing, how to work on mechanics, how do you do this? And then we look at video and we say, okay, what's, what's the number one problem with this player? We figure it out. Okay. What drills, what kind of program do we want to put them on to fix it? And like I said, sometimes it's a lot of technology and sometimes it's very limited technology. And the only way to know that is to talk to an expert, be an expert, or trial and error. Trial and error takes a really long time. But part of the technology, part of the technology, though, is understanding what's quantifiable and what's not quantifiable. And now how do you apply that new technology, that new piece of technology, say, I don't know, blast motion, just something that's coming off the top of my head, yeah. applying that to your hitter, because you probably already have a baseline of quantifiable statistics. You want to find out as a hitting coach, not trying mm -hmm. to get too far into the weeds about data, but you have those statistics that you want to find out that could you could help apply then to a hitter's practice session in their lesson but how do you go about now finding the right technology that can help you figure out that type of data that you need to ultimately pass on to your player? Yeah, I mean, you 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 know what you have access to in terms of um, data, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of figure out what, you know, I have access to a hit track. So now it's like, okay, how hard do we hit the ball? How far do we hit the ball? So we'll just talk about hit tracks a little bit. Okay, you you only hit the ball uh, 70 miles an hour. Okay, so we need to work our practice into creating consistent launch angles in the in the 10 to 20 degree range, okay? Because if you hit it more than 20, it's just a perfect fly out to the outfielder, right? It's, yeah. just, it's just a, it's a nice little line out, but it doesn't go. And then, or you have a player that's big and strong and uh, not fast. Right. So they hit the ball 95 miles an hour, but they don't run real well. OK, now we need to create a swing plane or a body posture or whatever it is to make sure that that player is maximizing, we'll say, a 20 to 30 degree, you know, consistent launch angle. And then we play games and things like that. So you, you have to kind of figure out, again, what what player you're working with and then apply it to what technology you have um, at your disposal. All right. So moving on really quick here to coaching style and understanding how to continue to evolve with your players and knowing what type of players that you're going to be working with. How have you gone about that over your 25 plus years of coaching? Yeah, you know, you. I don't know if it was planned. I think <laughs> I think you just start working with players mm -hmm. Um and you start gaining experience and you figure out what works, what works for them, you know, based on, you know, age and body type and all that. So I wish I had, a, a, I can tell you from my experience, the first thing that I do when I get a new player, they sign up online and we'll say this is an in-person lesson. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't met them. I have no idea. I have them get loose. I throw them some balls. I video. Okay. So that's always my starting point because kids, especially nowadays, super visual. They want to see themselves like, right. Everybody's in love with themselves anyway, taking selfies. So here's your, here's your hitting selfie, if you will. So here's what you look like and here's what pros look like and how can we get those, you know, together to bridge the gap. The next step I'll do is from the video, I will see what, 
their issue is, right? So I'm even though I'm showing them video and showing them, I, I know deep down what the problem is, usually within three swings. And then I talk to them, asking them, what are, you, what are your outs, right? Are your outs ground balls to the pull side? Are they are they fly balls to the opposite field? Do we strike out a lot? Are we tended, right? So I, I get, you know, information on, you know, what they're telling me, what they think is their problem. Then it's usually different than what their parents tell me they see when they're watching games. But then I might put something basic on like the blast. Okay, well, here's, see how your barrel's dropping here? Now they're seeing video and a number, right? Okay, at this part of my swing, my bat vertical angle is negative 39 degrees, okay? Mm -hmm. But at this part of the swing, it's negative 25 degrees. Well, how does it get, what happens to get it from negative, whatever I said, 39 to negative 25? Like, what is that barrel doing? Oh, it's changing. Okay, what is your right hand or what is your top hand doing? Oh, now I can see that, and I can see the numbers. Jake knows what he's talking about, and then I'm like, okay, well, let's get after it. So I don't want to spend all day. So this is this is very important for young coaches out there. Don't spend all day looking at data. Like I will spend five minutes of a 45-minute lesson or even an hour lesson. I'll spend five minutes of that time showing them what they need to do but here's what people do. They sit there and yap and talk about numbers and data and make themselves feel smarter. And the kid doesn't get any better during that session. Right. So now it's like, okay, here's the problem. I'm going to give you a drill solution to do it. I put them in different positions. I give them typically two drills to work on. They have to work on those drills at home before I see them again. So they're like, oh, should we schedule a lesson next week? And I say, I don't know. Are you going to take 500 <laughs> of these swings next. I mean, we can schedule a lesson. You can keep coming, but I'm going to lose my marbles if you're not getting better. So here's the deal. If you want to continue with, with training, you need to do this, this, and this, and I need to see a little progress with that. Okay. And yeah. if you can get 500 swings in the next 10 days doing this drill and you've mastered this drill, then we're going to move forward along the training process. And then the next time they come in, I say, wow, this looks great. Look how much better it is using video. And then, okay, now I'm going to make life more difficult. We're going to add rhythm to this. We're going to add a step to this, or we're going to add whatever it is. And then I'll bring in technology again to show them, you know, what it is, look at the progress, and then boom, you know, get the get the ball running again. So, again, it's, it's really, we can talk all day about technology, but you have something basic that everyone can kind of see that's video. Mm -hmm. Again, you got to know what you're looking for. Uh, with any, <laughs> yeah with any no with any technology and then you can kind of move video to something like a blast but again you got to know what what are we concentrating on with blast and then you can move that up to a launch monitor like um, a hit tracks um, and then you can move into like a rep soda which shows you batted ball spin which i really love because that's directly correlated to some of the blast metrics yep. okay so i love to pair the blast with the rap soto and i know one guy right now just perked up listening to this his initials are dl you know who you are because you're very excited to learn about the rap soto see, see somebody in your <laughs> he's, a, he's, okay. a, he's a he's a friend of mine and has sons that play and okay dl dl like okay rep soto blast okay ball flight here we go but then you can go that and then the last step would be something like uh, kinematic sequencing right you can yeah. go with a kvest sensor or a 40 motion or like crazy stuff that's out there um and then you can figure out okay is is that even worthwhile or not you know most good athletes at the college level move pretty well but when i do the k vest on some softball players last year it's like oh there's a little bit of a disconnect here you know like i think you could really focus on 
this upper body move to to get a better better speed gain and it makes sense but you know most i would say most professional players you put a k vest on it's pretty it's pretty good their sequencing might be different on different pitches um, a lot of times the upper body will accelerate sooner on a pitch that's in or if we're yeah. staying inside the ball but for the most part every everything's working correctly or they wouldn't be playing anymore that's exactly right. Yeah. Did we hit everything today? Requirements of a successful hitting coach, intricate details. Part I think two? for step two, we did. Yeah. No, yeah. Is there, no, is I there mean, step three? I didn't know. There I don't know. Step but three. step one, we, we hit a lot in step one, right? Communications. Uh, for yeah. technology, I, I think we did pretty good today. I agree. I agree. And equipment, technology and equipment, oftentimes interchangeable when it mm -hmm. comes to hitting now and pitching. And, and again, that equipment. Um, like say blast or diamond kinetics, uh, Hawkeye, there's a good one. Track man. Yeah. Know, that's, that, oh this man. Is all... That stuff is so cool to watch. Yeah. I mean, this I, is... that new bat path thing that they throw out once in a while is so useful for someone like me Yeah, trying to get my hands on all of it instead of just what's posted sometimes, but it's really, it, that's really cool technology for players to see. Well, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast, reach out, email us, jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Email us your questions, jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com as well. Follow us on social media at jimtara at Epstein Hitting. Got anything else before we say goodbye and depart? I don't think so. I hope everybody has a quality week of getting their players better and enjoying themselves out on the field. Yes, yeah, so in our next new episode, June 5th, June 5th, Monday, we'll be talking about applying data properly. That's our next episode. We talked a little bit today about technology, but now we're going to talk about applying that, kind of revisiting a topic from a couple of years ago, applying data properly. We'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. Actually, it's our new episode, next new episode, June 5th. All right. All right. Good to go. Sayonara. All right. Peace out, Girl Scout. Thanks for listening, everybody, and watching. <laughs> Talk to you in a couple weeks. Take care.